everybody. Welcome back again. Thank you for joining us again today. Uh, my name is Rob Brake, and with me, as usual, is Sandy McKay. Hey, Rob. You good today? Amazing. Because of me, you guys had to have an early start today. Earlier the better. Earlier the better. Let's like get, we're, get... we're all. I think we're all wiping sleep out of our eyes still. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, the, that's the uh that's how most people listen to us i think a lot of people listen early in the morning driving to work etc right so uh we're right there with you today yeah yeah maybe they, that might be a nice change of pace because i didn't come in all hot i was just like yeah good morning doing a little <laughs> bit of a like mellow yeah. thing this morning so yeah, yeah. that's the uh that's the reason behind that but uh thanks for joining us again everybody as you know um you know go over to our website breakthrough reipodcast.ca listen to all of our past shows interact with all of our past guests and like uh get our free gift get a free gift yeah the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estates and uh, of course when you get that as everyone knows uh you will get access to our email list and everything we got going on events etc everything big and exciting so go drive absolutely that. we're kind of wrapping it up with a with a nice little bow this morning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and go over to itunes leave us a rating and review there and it, it helps us get out to more people as you know and also leave us suggestions for other people you, you might want to hear on the show other topics you might want us to cover that we haven't covered and all that stuff uh so please go and do that as well and uh sandy you've got like the usual just um stuff going on every month you've got your in- investor uh, meetups right on investors club uh we're really getting some good momentum going there um, we've been running them for what nine months, so we're kind of uh, uh, still kind of fresh on the scene, but they're really yep. growing, and we got we have some great guests lined up in the near future. Uh, a lot of guests that we've had on this show over the years, and uh, we got our next like five or maybe even six months lined up into the new year. That's going to be really exciting. Doing some charitable things over the holidays and stuff too. Once we get to towards uh, Christmas season and whatnot, so uh, awesome group. I really highly encourage anyone in the Greater Toronto area to come check it out. Um, even beyond that, because we got we have people that have come in from London, uh, Niagara, uh, Kingston, all, all, all over the place. So even beyond the GTA, I encourage you to come check it out. Yeah, very cool. It's like a, it's like the perfect location almost for for uh, you know everyone to meet. Yeah, you don't right? have to deal with anything downtown Toronto, just a bit north up in Vaughan. So VaughanInvestorsClub.com is where you go to get more info on that. Well, All right, super awesome. And uh, and uh, the last thing is we've got our uh, Costa Rica investor event coming up in November. It's November 24th, 5th, and 6th. We've got uh, four rooms left for that. So if you're interested, reach out to me, and uh, it's going to be fun. We did it last year and uh, and had a great turnout and and learned a lot and made lots of connections. And so we're planning on doing the same thing this year. So if you're interested... In coming, reach out to me, uh, Rob at MrBreakthrough.ca. Sweet. That's it. Well, we've got a uh, two-timer now on the show coming up here with Cody. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. I always forget how to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. Cody. Yeah. Uh, And Cody's been on our show before, but it's been two and a half years. We were just saying before the show here, Uh, he's back on episode 139. So we're going to, Brand new set of uh, experiences and stuff to share with you today with Cody. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard that episode, uh, I'll give you a little background on him. Cody is the founder of Say Yeah to Fire, F-I-R-E. 
might touch on a bit on what that means in this show and the co-host of the high income earners fire podcast cody helps people achieve financial freedom and retire early through stock options trading and real estate investing over four and a half maybe even more than that now at this point uh, years of experience as a real estate investor joint venture partner eight plus years experience as a stock options trader and financial educator cody has developed the skills and strategies to generate consistent and passive income streams for himself but more importantly for a whole bunch of others out there he's got lots of students with uh Great track record of success through his program. So we are excited to learn more about what that all looks like. Thanks, Cody, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, just one thing I want to point out, first of all, is we rebrand our podcast from High Income Earners Fire to Wealth Busters. Now it's all in person. We film uh, in Bowenville, and I believe Sandy will be on our next filming session. So, uh, uh, you know, we can have all the links afterwards. And it's a lot more exciting because everything is in person better conversation and more raw and better connection. Awesome. And what's it called again? Wealth Busters. Wealth Busters. Awesome. Good. Good catch. That's important. The name. Uh, and uh, sorry, we had some old, I guess that was an old, uh, old uh, so thing I was reading. So. All the okay. years, just plus on another three probably, but it doesn't really <laughs> yeah. matter. I, I mean, I still look young. I got to look like this when I'm 60. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, you know, part of, uh, part of what we're doing and why we're doing it is so that we can, you know, spend more time with our families and be more active and not be like chained to a, uh, a desk or a job, uh, every single day. So, um, you know, I mean, look at Sandy, you know, same thing. Um, okay. So let, let's talk a little bit maybe about just give us a brief background of, you know, your real estate um, journey so far and uh, just up until like maybe two years ago and then where it's been since you were on last time. Yeah. So uh, a quick intro. Uh, I'm Cody A. Came to Canada at the age of 18, graduate as an engineer from University of Toronto, Working full-time, a Honda as a project manager, managing over $100 million projects over the six years. And uh, along the way, you know, I was day trading for two years. Along the way, I bought my first real estate with my mom, a boring $37,000. Uh, was a bungalow in Toronto. Buy it for half a million. Now there are de developers come in for uh, giving us offer of $2 because we're one of the only ones that haven't sold on the block. They're trying to build an apartment. And then after that, I bought a single family, uh, thought I was going to uh, work at Honda forever. Um, and then after that, cover legal duplexes. And um, those are all 2019. And then I took a break for, for two years on buying because I quit my full-time job, even though my uh, trading income at that time, I was already replacing my low six-figure mid-management job. Uh, the bank doesn't like me. And at that time, I didn't go out and take more risks on B lenders. So I stopped buying for two years. And then in 2022, um, then we bought another big lot that we converted uh, the front house into legal duplex. And then we built a house, uh, the full house in the back, which is one square feet smaller. But in terms of volume, uh, it's actually much bigger. And we are doing Airbnb with that. And unfortunately, with all the help from uh, the Airbnb arbitrage guru in France, we're, we're killing it since May this year, super hose in one month. And, um, and yeah, um, 
you know, we, we, that's pretty much the whole nutshell of my real estate journey so far. Well, that's, that's an interesting little, um, tidbit that you tried to like skip over there, but arbitrage, do you want to explain that to people and how that works? Um, so I have about 10 guesses on my podcast talking about arbitrage. I'm not the guru. Actually, I just went through a boot camp over the weekend. So, um, that is the part where Claudette is really good at it. I'm helping her scale. I got to hire her COO. I just learned from experiences that instead of hiring from bottom up, now I got to hire from top down a lot faster, less hassle, and just a better way to grow. So when you ask what's Airbnb arbitrage, I hope I can explain it the best. I'm not the expert at that, but it's basically we are renting out um, properties from uh, landlords that are supposed to rent out for long term. And because of whatever reasons, they couldn't find tenant or they just somewhat want someone else to manage it and pay them the market rent or maybe a bit above the market rent. They want to have the ability to go in and do maintenance or check very frequently. So they rent it to someone like us. We sign a contract, disclose everything, tell them exactly what we're going to do. We take it and then we turn it around and furnish it the way we want it to be that we think is going to be appealing on Airbnb. And then we make higher uh, uh, rental income on the short term platform. And then we make the difference of that. And um, that's pretty much what you call Airbnb arbitrage. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting thing, and I know, like you said, that's not your specialty, so we won't we won't uh, d- dwell on that too much. But it's interesting that you guys are doing that too. So, yeah, uh, we're just kind of leveraging our Airbnb experience and all my past podcast guest experience, and a lot of them has all the way from thirty units to three hundred units, and um, I know there's something there, and uh, there is a lot. You can scale a lot faster and in my opinion, it's a lot less risk because you sign a contract. If anything goes wrong, you can get out in one or two months kind of thing. So it's not like if you buy a house and the regulation on Airbnb change in your area, then you're, you have to pivot and it's kind of hard to pivot from the short-term rental if you bought that place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, last question about this how difficult is it to explain to the landlord like your idea and what you're trying to do and how receptive are they to that idea in general i haven't started calling people but this time around uh, because of my connection i gonna call the multifamily people already only multifamily and i already have connection and go from there but for most people if they're cold calling landlords and probably have to get to that point uh, I, from what I heard, the ratio is really low, right? It's probably like one to 10 will probably be receptive. And then, you know, you got to do, sh- send out the portfolio, your track record, what you have done and kind of like collateral, why this will work for them. And they have to work for both sides, right? They have to have a need. And most of the time is probably, you know, they're either at the point, if they don't find someone nice, they're going to sell it or their cash flow is upside down. They really need something Then I think, you know, it has to be a win-win, right? Hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, I know we're going to talk a lot more about. Uh, I want to hear more about your your um, your stocks, your stock options, and stuff like that too. Um, but we're talking about a few different topics right off the top here. So why don't uh, why don't you comment on you know for listeners that don't know what is fire? What does that mean? You, you, a lot of that, that that's around a lot of your uh, the stuff you do. 
And like, like what, what what is it? But then what are what are some ways that people get there? What are ways that you've you've got there? You've seen other people get there. Like arbitrage might be a way. Um, real yeah. estate might be a way. Stocks might be a way. There's all sorts of versions of that, right? But what are the ways that you've seen people achieve that? Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, Sandy, you definitely know the fire I saw on a lot of your branding as well. And, you know, we're kind of on the younger side. Rob is really young too, but I think Sandy and myself <laughs> a bit younger. Um, and my version Thank of fire. <laughs> my version of fire is um, that we break down the wealth generating tools into fast money, medium or moderate speed money, and then slow money. And when we say fire, most of the time is because of the fast money has been replaced by not a lot of stream of income, but just a multiple stream of income. For example, fast money could be someone's T4 or an USW2, right? Your full-time job or your T4A or your business income, right? Or wholesaling, flipping, or set and done strategy. So why I say fast money? Because this money with our strategy, the cycle of turnaround money is about zero to 20 days. So it's just like a paycheck. You get paid weekly or bi-weekly, not bi-weekly, once every two weeks. All right. So it kept coming in because once you figure that out and you have a multiple stream of that, then you have the choice of pulling it back or you have the choice of more proceeds, knowing that if you want to go do uh, some flip project, doing some burr project or, or building your business, then you always have money come in and you're not making the, the desperate decision most of the times wrong decision right so you take the fast money the proceeds to go to have the confidence of doing the moderate speed money that can you know a typical bird can take a few months to a few years right and then you take those proceeds and you go buy the slow money which is buying stocks holding it for a long term buying real estate hold it until it has no mortgage or just buying other business and hold it or something right so the fast medium and slow money and the FIRE, which stands for Financial Independence and Retire Early, doesn't mean that you don't do anything, but just means that you have the option to have the time freedom, location freedom, and really the spirit freedom so that you can do bigger things or decide not to do something uh, for a while, just taking a break, just having that flexibility, having more option. It's a great explanation. So I love the I love that concept of fast, medium, uh, fast, medium, slow. Is that it? Yeah, fast, medium, um, slow. So because I, I love the topic of it, of the concepts, and I also see a lot of people maybe taking it in potentially extreme versions. Maybe that's good for them, maybe not. But there's there's a lot of people that I think get a little bit um, flawed in their approach to that. What what are some ways that people screw that up? and end up in tough, <laughs> tough spots by, you know, what do those typically look like? I guess people like maybe go over King. I don't know. Can you guys hear me? Oh, okay. We lost you there for there a second. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. Something happened there. <laughs> okay. Um, I think, um, if we go right to the point where that's say in the real estate market, a lot of people thought, the buy and holding uh, the cash flow. And, you know, for example, uh, three years ago, each duplex pay you about 500 bucks to a thousand bucks, right? They were like, Hey, if I have 10 duplexes, I can replace my 5,000 to $10,000 income. And all of a sudden um, the interest rate rise double and all that. So there are a lot of them upside down, including 
some of my Leo duplex. If I didn't, if, if my loan value is not like 50% or less, then I'll definitely be more in trouble. So I think people mixing up the, the long-term, the slow money with the fast money, and that's where the biggest problem is. And if we go to the stock world, why you know, over the years, a lot of people are like, Cody, like I, I thought I didn't get a financial freedom through, you know, selling options on individual stocks. But the idea is that you are ready to own the stocks for long term. But some of the stocks go down so much that you're waiting, you're back holding. So you can't really sell uh, options or sell um, the insurance contract to get the cash flow that you thought you were going to get. Right. And that's where you kind of mix the, the the medium speed money with the fast money again. So I think a lot of times the time time frame expectation of the strategy they're using, if they're mixing it up, right, then that could be a big trouble. Like in my opinion, that's what I see. Well, I think one of the big things is a lot of other people um like to be flashy, right? If they're if they're presenting ideas like real estate on TV, you know, everyone's seen late night whatever uh, infomercials or, or some people that are promoting like stock options and that kind of thing, it becomes very flashy, right? They present it like it's, uh, you know, overnight. And, uh, and that is where I think a lot of people get enticed by it. And then they, you know, expect that the returns are going to be instant and that they're not going to have to wait and they're not going to have to learn and they're not going to have to invest their own time and education into something like this is just like a magic bullet and the money starts to roll in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's very profound. You guys see a lot, just like myself. Um, there's the, uh, there's the virtue of taking action right away. Uh, but as you know, myself and my team, I was just talking with them, you know, yesterday again, we talk about that over the years is that we don't need to make the most amount of money, but we need to be the last one standing. And our job is to eliminate all the, not eliminate all the risk, but reduce anything possible and continue to reduce the risk so that we're more consistent. And we, based on the probability, try to increase the probability and deal with the black swan event, if it happened, we already have a plan going in and practice it on the back testing and all that. And I think the same thing can apply to real estate, right? Um, who would have thought that the interest rate will go double? But the smarter ones or the big funds, they're definitely doing those sensitivity analysis. If it double, what are we going to do? Shake off some of the smaller property or what are we going to do um, to alleviate the, the situation, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's something that a lot of people don't do much uh, with their portfolios. Um, you know, they get to a point that they're replacing their income or whatever they're replacing part of their income, whatever their initial goals were, right? But they don't. Uh, it's one thing I've learned a lot in the last few years for sure was looking at some bigger institutions and, and just their mindset around investments is they are constantly looking at the downside and correct and what does that look like in the worst case scenario and how do I how do we set this up for sustainability, not just, so that's where I think that that fire concept might come in, 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 and be challenging for some people. They don't, they set it up to retire early perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, and not necessarily for retire early with like sustainability, right. And that sustainability is a kind of a never ending journey, right. It's always, you always got to be analyzing and looking at the different factors that, that come into this, right. So it's a, 
it's an ongoing thing when it, when you have a portfolio you can't necessarily just fully retire early and just not not do anything with it you got to kind of analyze things at least as they're ongoing yeah i think um that's a really great point um the great thing about fire is that you can take a step back and uh, more working on the business and take a higher level view of it mm -hmm. because when you're in it you're like chasing for the next deal i need another thousand dollar cash flow once i get to 10 then i can do certain things but you might be blinded that hey the real estate has been going up 20 percent every year for the last five years there's something wrong with it with that right it's just not sustainable and you know um like the if you talk to some of the smarter people, I was very fortunate to talk a few of, you know, I don't, I don't know if you guys know Quinton, like Ryan Carr and all that. They stopped buying in 2020, 2021, like the smaller stuff, they stopped buying and they start selling. And I was like, hmm, why are they doing that? Right. So I was like, okay, if I'm not going to sell, at least I'm going to hold, I'm not going to keep leveraging on that. And looking back, it was a great move, but in there, there's a lot of FOMO, right? A lot of FOMO. So I would say really for someone like that, you know, now it might be a bit too late. You have to figure out ways to pivot. And that's one of the ways why I start short-term rental. Again, watch our HST stuff, consult with your accountant. And <laughs> on that part, just be very careful. But um, um, always have plan B. And, and if you don't have plan B, sometimes you have to bite the bullet and know when to take some measurements that might including sell it at break even or sometimes a losses because there's always other ways that can um, make more money and at least your ROI makes sense. If that makes sense. Yeah, that FOMO thing is a tough one to, to, to steer, to, to push off, right? That's that's what I heard. It, that's what I really heard in what you said. That it's really, it's really smart stuff. And that, that FOMO piece is tough. That's a tough battle. It's like the devil sitting on your shoulder, you know, Telling you to do bad things, but you got to get rid of it. But uh, the other thing that you guys made a good point of is that like the whole idea of retirement, right? Like in, in, first of all, the people that are going to gravitate towards what you're talking about are not people that are going to sit still. They're not going to get to a certain place, you know, and then say, well, I made it. It's retirement time and that's it. I'm done. Like I just lay here and do absolutely mm -hmm. nothing all day, mm -hmm. you know? There's a, there's a certain element of uh, still moving forward, uh, mm -hmm. maintenance at the very least, right? But still mm -hmm. moving forward. And, uh, and, uh, and I think that those are the kind of people that are attracted to, you know, your, what, what you guys are doing. And, uh, and there's never going to be like, a, oh, I'm done. You know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, there's always something more to go for. There's always something more to strive for. So retirement, the idea is more financially free than actual mm -hmm. retirement, right? Correct. And even if you are, you're not just going to be like, okay, here I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's the beach towel? That's it. Yeah. For, for most of the people I see in my circle that reach fire, I have a godfather reach fire at age of 30. Um, and he start making better decisions on looking at the things that's really making him money and, you know, really eliminated things that are just causing too much trouble and his life changed that way. And he has more time to travel and help him more people, help him more family member, just my own godfather. Right. So I think that's the concept. And most of the people around me that 
talk about fire just like sandy just like rob i don't know rob is really into that rob is in costa rica so i don't even know what fire means for him uh, <laughs> but um i think most people around me talk about fire as moving to the next step but having the basics taken care of is very liberating it might take some time to get there but it's liberating but we create sometimes we create bigger things for us to pursue. And I think that's a never ending process. And I know on the last podcast I talked about, I was lucky because we're like, Cody, you're not lucky. You just keep doing the right things and they probably stack in your favor. Um, I think once we reach fire, we keep pushing it and we try to achieve the next level. And sometimes the next level, we just create much more um, problems, much, much more growing pain and all that. But I think, that's the part where I gain the true confidence and a true satisfaction of life. Mm, yeah, well, so there's, you know, I, I believe, you know, progress is kind of a big part of happiness, if not the biggest part of happiness. So you got to be working on something. If it's not financial stuff, maybe it's your health, maybe it's your, your, uh, you know, if your family, it's travel, it's, it's different perspectives on you know life or charity, or there's so, so many things, but there's going to be something there. A lot of people I see go towards health in some way. Because a lot of times they sacrifice some health in order to uh, achieve some of those fire type goals, which you know you can agree or disagree. It's it's really mm -hmm. really not uh, not that relevant. Um, I think you can have all that at one time, but uh, but you know there's so many things that that go outside of financial uh, that you can start to work on. Um, Cody, what's what's your investment model look like today? So. You have the real estate stuff, which we can touch on, but what's the, let's, let's talk about the investments in stocks and stock options and that sort of thing. What's your, what's your personal strategy look like around yeah. that? Yeah. Um, so um, at the hype of 2021, by the end of it, um, when real estate kept going up, when the stock market kept going up, like no tomorrow, um, you know, I'm always very um, <laughs> looking for the next risk, right? Just like I always look at the big guys, I used to, when I used to work at a big core by, I cannot understand why they're always so you know, pragmatic and always looking at those stuff. Now I do appreciate it. And I look at a lot of big funds and real estate or hedge fund and look at why they're, what they're doing and why are they doing it, trying to reverse engineer. And if I can, now that I have a lot of connection, I can ask them, right? I know the, you know, CFO of some of the big development group in Canada. And, you know, when we go out to play golf, I can ask certain things. Um, so I always look at it from that standpoint and at the hype of 2021, the end of it, our own, um, stock option strategy, we're just doing, you know, selling options on individual stocks for people who doesn't know it's like you get to own a stocks at a cheaper price and you get paid doing so. Right. And I was very worried because there's, I think if there is a, a downturn coming, there's only going to be a few stocks that are resilient. And it turns out to be all the fame stocks, but we're looking backwards, right? So, you know, I have stocks like, like Neo, like the Chinese EV company that went down by 76%. So I'm just keeping it real for everyone. And, you know, back then what I did to, you know, if this ever happened, I'm still holding it, but this ever happened, I have a small percentage of it in my portfolio. So that's some of the lessons I learned. And I talk my YouTube channel as well. But while we're doing that, I asked my team and myself, we were like brainstorming, how can we eliminate that risk of some stocks will go down a lot? And Warren Buffett kept talking about it's hard to pick stocks. So I look at a lot of big funds 
the successful funds, or even Warren Buffett said, if he passed away, he couldn't find a successor. 90% of his money should go into the S&P 500. I'm like, there's something there. There's a reason why he's successful for, you know, 50, 60 years. And then, you know, 10,000 times his money. So that's what we start looking into. And we found that if we just, uh, you know, use our strategy and sell options um, on S&P 500, first, we eliminate a lot of the individual stock risks. Second, we eliminate a lot of time researching all the stocks, who's in a company, what product they're doing. It's just the best 500 company in the world. And they get rebalanced as in the ones that are not performing will get kicked out. The new ones will come in. So it's always the best 500 company. And of course, because of that strategy, um, we don't need to buy the stocks earlier. That means uh, the broker cannot force us to buy the stocks earlier if another COVID happened. So we find all those things that how do you eliminate all the rest? We have more control, more consistency. And you know that's where we come up with the, our set and done strategy. And we've been running it for one year and nine months. And so far, my own account, so I'm part to make 40%. Right now, it's about 37%. Um, you know, I show it all on YouTube, Instagram. I'm planning to run an account for 10 years. No money in, no money out. First money goes in, that's it. I'm going to run it for 10 years. And um, all, all my friends slash students see it. It's not for bragging or anything. I'm just looking for, always looking at if there is a crisis happen, I want to show everyone, you know, what's going on, the transparency of it, to build the trust and to, you know, keep all transparent, right? That's interesting. I'll go for that. How can people keep track on that? It's on YouTube. Like oh, YouTube. every month, my videographer come come film with me. I literally screen screen record. I used to actually screen record the whole login, and then my lawyer and my my accountants, like Cody, don't do that. Like I literally have my whole login and then just pre-populate it and go. I want. I, I told my videographers like don't edit anything, and he's like Cody, you only have one minute. I'm like okay, every time is like two three minutes. So you're some long form, like log in the entire account, show everything. But usually every month or two, I update on the ROI and what's, what has happened. Why did it happen? Right. So in June, uh, my account went down from 32% down to 22 to 24 uh, because the market rallied too fast. And our position are usually neutral. So we make money regardless. Uh, even if the stocks don't move or S&P 500 don't move, we make money because we're insurance seller. But because the market moved too fast, we don't like it. And I have to make a decision of whether I'm going to make an 8% stop loss or am I going to active manage it, right? And for me, you know, I'm a little bit more proficient at this. I have more confidence at this with all the experience and all the research. Again, I'm always being very risk averse and look for the next stuff, but we do active managing. So my account went back from, uh, you know, 32 down to 24, back up to 32, 34 in two weeks. Right. And, uh, but we, we have other friends that just decide to take a loss. Right. An idea is that if you make, you know, if I make, you know, 32% to that point, if it's down 8%, it's still 24 and you can regroup. And then think, how are you going to move forward? Are you going to put in more position? But they have the option for that, right? Because of our probability. It's like every four years, they get a, there's going to be a big correction of 30%. Every two years, is probably going to be uh, a 10 to 15%. Every one year, is going to be about 1%, 10%. 
So based on all the probability, we're always preparing for it and continue to eliminate more risks if it happened, know what to do if it happened. Hmm. So on YouTube, how do they find that? Oh, it's Cody Yeh Investing. So first name, last name, investing. I post shorts once per day and long form once every week. I try to. Sometimes I'm <laughs> sometimes communication with my videographer might be off a little bit, but usually once every two weeks for sure. How do you use uh, it's a it's a great segue to because we want to ask you a little bit, but how you use social media to show value and uh, what does that actually look like? Because you do a good job of this, and that's why you know people listening should definitely go follow you on at least on YouTube, Instagram, wherever the heck else you are, because you you have some great content. Um, I know we're just scratching the surface around all these sort of topics here today with you, and and for sure people are going to want to go learn more. So yeah, how do they, where do they find you best? But how do you utilize content? Uh, yeah, so type in Cody A even on Google, I think TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group, YouTube, like anywhere, whatever you guys like. We even podcast, right? We have a podcast called Wealth Busters. We start up, Sandy's going to be on. So follow that if you guys love Sandy. Rob is going to come back on maybe later on. Um, but the way I use social media is to build trust to show people that I'm still in business and to create value. That could mean actual information value or entertainment value. And I think if you combine both together, it's actually very powerful um, because you create some humor at the same time, some value that doesn't always work in favor. And we're always tweaking and the algorithm on the social media could change. Um, but I am not one of those persons. I need 1 million followers. If I get there, my influence will be a lot bigger, but I rather focus on the right things I'm passionate about, the right things I'm doing on my own. Don't talk about the things I don't know about and build the trust from there and really just documenting the journey so that if it comes to the point that I'm going to ask anything from our audience, they already know me. They already like, Cody, I feel I know you. And some people, uh, if they when I got on call with me, I don't get on many calls now, but when I get, get on call with me, they're like, Cody, I already know you, but I'm like, uh, what's your name? <laughs> I'm so sorry. And that's a way of application and all that. So I think that's where we just, I just kind of, that's the cost I put in to show people, bring people value and always think from that standpoint is what can I provide? Keep throwing out good golden nuggets, humors for free. And, you know, every now and then I do ask for something, right? So that's where all the trust will convert. I like it. And, and absolutely. I mean, if you provide value to people, then they're going to, they're going to, I guess, instinctively seek more, you know, from you. So that's a, that's a really good and important piece of it. Um, let's talk about some of your big goals for the future, Cody. What do you got going on? What are your plans? <laughs> so um, Airbnb arbitrage, I know um, I might not have time or energy for another business, but Claudette, my fiance, we got engaged uh, last September, um, really want that fire for herself over the years. I keep talking about it. She, I guess she got brainwashed. Uh, she's like, I really want that fire too. I'm like, you're killing at Airbnb. Why not? We do Airbnb arbitrage. I'll help you scale. I know how to hire people. And she's a mid-management at a bank. So that's for her. I'm really excited. I really want to hit that 1 million gross. Uh, 
first year. So that's going to be net about 200K. I want to help her do that. And, you know, then, and then double that in two years and then triple that in five years. That's for that. And, you know, of course, our send down strategy, we're going out to help more people, partnering with a lot more uh, real estate investing group and business group to have more chance to present on stage and help more people. Um, in terms of real estate, we're selling most of our smaller portfolio, like single family uh, and duplex. I'm selling all of it going in. Uh, the reason is, you know, if we look at it honestly on the paper, I talk to my accountants, like, Cody, the ROI is not there. Mortgage is not getting paid down and appreciation. Again, I think the appreciation is going to have a lot of pent up demand the moment they, in Canada, uh, the interest rate, the government said the interest rate is stay, staying here or start going down. I think the price will like really tick up. But in my opinion, the next six months to 12 months, the opportunity is still at the bigger stuff. So the opportunity is I can sell those and I start looking at all the bigger deals and I already have you know insiders, mortgage broker that send me deals and um, start analyzing them and line things up. So get those, sell it, get in those big ones. And when it goes up, I'm at the economical scale. Everything's multiplier going up and um, at least we're positive cash flow instead of just hoping my smaller portfolio will turn around. And even if the interest rate come back down, you know, according to Benjamin Tai and all the other people, it's going to stay at 4%. So still kind of struggling for, you know, just a regular duplex. I bought it like years ago, right? So for people buying a new ones now, I don't know how they make it work and probably mm -hmm. won't make it work. Right. So um, just making all these move, once you reach fire, you have more time. And I spent a lot of time overseeing things and all the strategic stuff. Right. And it actually takes a lot of time too. Right. And mingling with the right people, think what, what can really work for yourself. Don't listen to other people, just blindly follow it. But it takes time to do your own research, investigation, and, and think about how it applies to your situation now, depending on where you are on your fire journey. I think you just nailed it there because, you know, there is no right or wrong answer, right? Like yeah. if you decide, if you decide to do something, there is a lot of inherent fear that comes with that. Am I doing the right thing? Am I not? But I think that, um, you know, like someone who hunkers down, figures out uh, a little bit of a different pivot, maybe, I don't know, um, goes into student rentals with a single family home, right. Instead of holding it and, and, uh, and just renting it to one family like that can change that uh, that cash flow. And all of a sudden it can look like something else or someone might decide like you, hey, I'm going to sell it and I'm going to pivot into bigger things because I've built a portfolio where it allows me to do that. Like there is no wrong answer for those things. And I think that um, that's something really important to point out, too. And you mentioned like for you, you looked at it. This is what you want to do. And, uh, and, um, you know, it takes guts, I guess, either way to not just maybe, you know, say, well, I'm just going to sell because the, the market shows me that that's the best time to do that. Or at least right now, you know, I'm underwater or upside down, like you said, in some places, you know, I'm just going to sell and just, I don't know, put, not go into real estate. Right. <clears throat> Yeah, and I think the reason why we have those guts or courage is because we went through 
I'm sure Rob and Sandy um, went through different cycles of business going up and down. And we translate that into real estate. We're seeing things going up and down. Myself, I see stocks going up and down. And I know that you can only make the best decision looking forward based on all your experience in the past. And a lot of time, if you ask yourself, and this is the way I do it, is if I think about a decision, I'm like, what would Warren Buffett do? What would my godfather do if he's in my shoes? That's kind of the question I ask myself. So that gave me clarity, right? Because when I'm so into it, I'm like, oh, I have money in there. I'm stuck. I got to show the social media about this. But you're like, well, what what would be a smart, smart people do? What were you 10 years from now? What would you do to thank yourself? And I think right. that give you perspective and that give you the courage to do the right thing. And most of the time, that would be the best decision, not coming from, you know, scarcity, desperation, but from the future self, right? And yeah. I think most of the time, the decision will be much better. And it is interesting. Even I've heard, like, I used to listen to a podcast and the guy's advice was just at, like, when you get to a situation like that, just ask yourself, if I did know the answer, what would it be? And it just like makes you think a whole different way. Right. So, um, awesome, man. Thank you for that. Um, how can people reach out to you? They want to learn more about all this stuff. Um, I know you, you mentioned it now, just put Cody a in, uh, any social media. He does pop up a lot. I, I, yeah. I, I did that earlier, uh, earlier this morning. I think the first Actually, five pages. Mention your, mention, your, mention your course quickly. Cause you have a course coming up. That's, uh, that's... uh we have a boot camp coming up on September 23rd, but, I think by the time this comes out, it's over. This is the second bootcamp we ran. And really helping out beginners and people might get hurt in the past from stock investing or stock option investing and really introducing our set and done strategy. How do you eliminate risks? Uh, hey, this is, you need to spend 10 to 40 hours to learn it. But in my opinion, I think it's the best 10 to 40 hours you can spend because after that, you only need to spend 30 minutes per week. We're not picking stocks, no early assignment risks, and really eliminate all those volatility from just focusing on S&P 500. So, you know, if you're someone like that, want to join the next one, let us know. We do have a wait list for it. Just message me on Instagram, Facebook, you know, uh, or even send me an email. You know, I believe I'll leave the links with you guys in the bottom for, for people to get on the email list, the Facebook group, or just, book a call and fill the application if it's a right fit, right? Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming back and sharing all this again today with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Definitely. The conversation is very different when the market is high and when the conversation is <laughs> yeah. uh, now that there's a lot of uncertainty, but I do believe when uncertainty happened is where the opportunity is. And a lot of people said they were waiting for this. I've been waiting for this, but I think now is the time to really think about, and take action. How do you capitalize on this? And might not be the prettiest thing, but I think five years from now, yourself or your family will really thank you for it. I think then that's a great, we got two great examples with you now because we got the 2021 February where everything's on <laughs> fire uh, and, and going through the roof. And then we got end of the year 2023 here where uh, <laughs> it's a totally different uh, feel and uh, economy. So I think the conversations, if, if someone were to go back and listen now and listen to this one, is, is going to be very different, but very, um, lots of insights, lots of, lots yeah, of good lots perspective. Yeah, lots of insights, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sandy, yeah. how can people reach out to you? 
Uh, kind of similar to Cody. They can find me pretty easily. Google me. Um, but it's Sandy McKay is usually my uh, my my tag there. So at it's Sandy McKay on social medias or Sandy at freedomreps.com. And people can reach me at Rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Thanks again, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.